You're listening to another message from Generation City Church. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20, it says, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Verse 22, which has been the the verse that we've been drawing out of for the start of this year. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. In the preceding messages, I think this is number four out of this passage of Scripture. In the preceding messages, we've talked about... I'm just going to summarize this real quick for everyone who hasn't been here or may have missed something in the middle. We've talked about that there are so many things that we can pursue. We can pursue our career. We can pursue relationships. We can pursue so many things that that aren't bad. There's nothing wrong with pursuing a relationship. There's nothing wrong with pursuing our career, pursuing an education, pursuing um, a whole range of different things. But let's be people who do that from a place of pursuing Christ first. Let's pursue Christ and then pursue relationships. Let's pursue Christ and pursue our education. Let's let the building block of what we're doing be on the basis of pursuing Jesus. We then went in and how that pursuit, we've got to be so aware that we don't settle in that pursuit, that we need to press on. We can't settle because in this life, we will never ever grasp all there is to know about God. And then the last time I shared, we talked about the power of our along with, but not just identifying the right along with, but becoming the right along with for someone else, that we're designed and God designed for us to journey together in our knowing of Him and getting to know Him and that the root part of being the right along with for someone else, the starting point is being an encourager, encouraging others. But I've been thinking about this and as I've been preparing, I, maybe we'll get to this other message and another time. I'd say we probably will. But this morning, around this concept of pursuing Christ, I think it's so easy for us to just get into this box of, I'm I'm going to pursue Christ. But what's, what's the purpose? What's the reason? What's the motive through which we pursue Him? And I was thinking about it this morning, that sometimes we can pursue Christ because we want a ticket to heaven. That we're just trying to, Make sure we've got the back end of the deal sorted out while we live the front end the rest of the way that we want to live. No, hey, I'm all good. I'm good with God. Going to heaven. Or maybe we're pursuing Christ because we have such desperate need in our life that we need God to come through. We need God to break through in our, in our lives. Maybe we need an answer to prayer. Maybe we've got a... a, a a sick relative, and we're pursuing him with all that we are in order to try and get something from him. There's a story in John 
chapter 6 where all the crowds are following Jesus and he's just fed the 5,000, maybe it might have been the 4,000, I'm not sure. But he's just fed a whole bunch of people. And they're following around and, and Jesus just looks at them and says, look, you, you're following me because you've had your fill. Physical fill and, and you want something more. That's when Jesus turns around and says, but I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I'm what you need. And it says that there was people that left and walked away because when all the provision left, all that was left was Jesus. What a sorry state to be in for there to be only Jesus left. Oh my goodness. No more blessing, no more... Hey, let's follow him around today. Maybe if we're lucky, we might get some more fish and chips. <laughs> Maybe we might get something a bit different today. If it was me, I'd be following him around going, God, Jesus, Jesus, can you give us some herb and spices on some chicken today? <laughs> oh, I'd, be, I'd be looking for one of those kind of miracles, a bucket of chicken miracle. But he says to the people, he says, oh, I am the bread of life. And people walked away disappointed. But I want to just come around this one big thought this morning. Why do we pursue Christ? Why do we pursue him? And, and the simple answer is to know him. That's your big thought, Joel. <laughs> but as I was preparing and as I was thinking about this morning. It was like I could just sense the Father's heart, just saying, I want to be known. I want to be known by my people. I want to just raise up a bunch of people that just follow me because I, they, they're going to get what they want and they're going to get their answer to prayer. And God forbid we're people that come to church that we come because we're seeking an answer to our prayer so we're at everything we're desperate and then we get an answer to prayer and we, we're off no relationship like that is going to flourish no relationship like that is going to stand imagine if I just went to Beck every time I wanted something want my dinner I want you to have the kids while I go out. If it's all based on what I want, what I want, but you see the heart of God, the heart of God is longing to be known by his people. And to pursue him is to pursue knowing him. Would you come with me to Matthew 28 this morning? Matthew 28. You know, this pursuit of Jesus is only possible because he first pursued us. 
He pursued us with everything that was within him. He came down and he paid the price. He died for us. He was whipped. He was tortured. He was beaten. He was bruised for us. And the only reason that we can pursue him is because he first pursued us. Matthew 28 verse 1, it says, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Come and see the place where he lay. You know, that stone that covered that tomb, it wasn't rolled back. Gosh, you're real quick this morning, Nev. I didn't even give you any verses, but you're on top of that, mate. Wow. (laughs) That tomb, that stone that was in front of that tomb, that stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. It wasn't rolled away to let him out. My goodness, God had raised him from the dead, but the, 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 the stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. The stone was actually rolled away to let us in. To let us in, to let us in and see what God has done. I think it's great. The angel says to these two ladies, he says, come and see. Come and see the place where he lay. Come and see what God has done. It's not come and see what you must do, but come and see what I have done. Love that the Christian life is not about what I do. It's not about what I do to earn my right standing before God. It's not about how I can get my ducks in a row. I've got to do all this to be right with God, but it's about what He has done for me. It's what He's done. This morning, you're not doing God a favour by coming to church. You're not going to get extra brownie points. God's not going to answer one extra prayer on your prayer list this week just because you rocked into church. It doesn't matter how passionate you worshipped. It doesn't matter how, how much you gave in the offering. It doesn't matter. We already have God's love and His acceptance just where we are. That's why He says, come and see what I've done. The invitation from God is, come. Come, come. It's not a, let me have a look at you. Okay, you can come. Let me have, just let me run the roller decks of the last week. Uh, It's a bit touch and go, but we'll let you in. It's come. And this God who so passionately pursued us, has made it possible for us to pursue him. Let's be a people who pursue Christ to know him 
I just wrote down some thoughts. Jesus want, doesn't want to be studied. He wants to be known. He doesn't want to be studied. He doesn't want our heads filled with knowledge about him. He doesn't want us to study. He doesn't care how many theological degrees we have. He doesn't care how many diplomas or what it may be. He doesn't care. He doesn't care how many times you've even read the Bible. He doesn't care whether you sat down this morning and you were so spiritual, you read the book of Leviticus in the King James. He doesn't want to be studied. But so often we can, we can mistake knowing about God as knowing God. I wonder... I challenged a creative team with it a couple of weeks ago. I wonder how many of us know God like we know people on Instagram, like we know people on social media. How many of us, our knowing of him, that's all it is. I'm not ashamed to say I follow Justin Bieber on Instagram. I'm not ashamed to know. I'm not ashamed to tell you. I'm not ashamed. thinking about following Kanye West as well. I think, I think Kanye... Mate, he's, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's a bit controversial about old Kanye. But I, I think he's got a real cool style. He's got swagger. <laughs> but you see, on Justin Bieber's account, Justin Bieber's got 77.1 million followers on Instagram. 77.1 million. It's a population of Australia times three. <laughs> Hello. Do you see, Justin puts up these pictures, he put up these videos, he put up all this sort of thing. I don't know if you know about Instagram story where you can film a little video and you can put it up and it's available for 24 hours. See, social media gives us this incredible view. It's almost voyeuristic. Really, into people's lives where we can see a whole bunch of stuff. It used to be you only knew what was going on in someone's life if it was on the, the page of a magazine or a newspaper. But you see, social media lets us see a whole bunch of stuff and scroll through it. And it gives this illusion that we know someone. But in actual fact, we don't. How many of us, that's what our relationship with Jesus looks like. We open up the app on our phone and we go, flick. Oh, that's what Jesus has been up to this week. Oh, I like that. A comment on that. Way to go, Jesus. But for many of us, we think we know Jesus. We think we're following him. We think we're pursuing him when all we're doing is following his social media feed. It gives this illusion that we know him. But that's not how he wants to be known. He wants to be personally acquainted with each one of us. Imagine if the only relationship I had with my wife was based on what she put on Instagram. Oh, that's what she's been up to this week. But you see... 
Jesus didn't die. Jesus didn't come down and die on a cross and be risen again for us to dial in remotely to our relationship with him. If that's the connection he wanted, he would have just Skyped in from heaven. Here I am, guys. But he came down, took on the image of a man that we would know him. But sometimes we just fall short. We stop short. We don't fall short. That's a wrong picture. But we stop short. We stop short because it's like, gosh, it's going to cost me to know him. But is my relationship with Jesus based on what I can get out of him? Or is it based on the fact that he loves me so much? He pursued me with all that is within him so that I could then pursue him. He doesn't want to be studied. We can so easily fall into the trap of knowing Jesus secondhand. And by secondhand, I mean your relationship with Jesus is just coming to church on a Sunday and listening to someone else talk about Jesus, listening to what the worship leader says, listening to a podcast during the week. But all it is is second-hand knowledge. I believe with all my heart, the heart of God this morning is saying, I want you to know me. Yeah. But you see, a relationship that's based on knowing, the intimacy that God wants with us can be an intimacy that can be very uncomfortable because to intimately know someone means that we bear things about ourselves. You know, when you're starting a relationship with someone, you're by relationship, I mean a friendship, a relate, or whatever that may look like. There might be things in your life or things in your past that you don't want people to know about you because you're ashamed of it. You're worried about what people may think. There's things in your life that you're really not proud of. Like I told our youth ministry two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, I can't remember when it was, but I told them that when I was in year seven, in the first term of year seven, I asked 13 girls to be my girlfriend. In the first term of year seven, I asked 13... Um, I, this, this is exactly how you heard it. Believe me, you didn't mishear me. 13 girls to be my girlfriend. They all said no. Maybe it was because they were all in the same group of friends. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I look back, I just go, oh my goodness, that's so embarrassing. Now, Beck and I just had our 15th Valentine's Day together the other day. It's pretty cool. 15. 15 Valentine's Days. And um, on our first Valentine's Day, I sure as heck wasn't going to tell her that, hey, in term one of year seven, I asked 13 girls to be my girlfriend and they all said no. <laughs> because I would find that really embarrassing and I would think, Beck's probably going to be sitting there going, what am I getting myself into here? What kind of loser is this guy? But hey, when you tell a whole bunch of high schoolers that they just laugh at you. <laughs> Sometimes you just got it. Self-depreciating humor is the best. <laughs> but... You see, there are some things about us that, that we want to keep hidden. We want to hide. We don't want other people to know about us for fear that they won't want to know us, for fear that they'll reject us, for fear that they'll push us away. But you see, 
God so desperately wants to know us and so desperately wants us to draw near to him and to know him so intimately. But you see, I wonder how many of us try to put on a facade with God. We try to put on this fake picture of who we are, this perfect image that's Instagrammable. This is who I am, God, because we're afraid that God's going to reject us. But you see, God knows every single thing there is to know about you. He knows every secret. He knows every dark place in your life. He knows the things that only you know that you have tried so hard to forget. He knows the pain. He knows the hurt. He knows the shame. He knows the things that you're like, oh my goodness, I hope nobody ever finds out about that. He knows it. There is nothing hidden from his sight. There's nothing hidden from his view. Yet he still loves you. There is nothing about you that disgusts him. There's nothing about you that makes him go, oh my goodness, what have I done? He's not put off by you. He's not turned off by you. He's not pushing you away. But when he says, come to me, He's got the full picture. He's read the fine print. He's read that I'm getting someone who has made some incredibly big mistakes. I love this image of who God is and what God's grace and his love looks like. Our sin, our shame, our Stuff. I drove out last night and I sat up at Bar Beach, up in the car park, just looked out over the water. Our sin, our shame, our stuff, our baggage, our history that looks so big and feels so big in our eyes is like a piece of coal in the ocean of God's grace. Like a piece of coal in the ocean. How vast is the ocean? And it's a piece of coal. In God's perspective, there is nothing about you that would make him want to reject you or push you away. But how many of us have stopped short in our pursuit of Christ because of the shame and the guilt And the stuff that we carry. But the Father heart of God says, Come. It says, Come. I want to know you. I want you to know me. He doesn't want who we pretend to be, He wants us. He wants us. He has done everything that he can do to have relationship with us. But it is up to us to decide whether we will pursue him. Maybe you sitting here and you're thinking, gosh, I've I've tried all that. Tried so many times to read the Bible. I've tried so many times to pray. 
just feels dry, just feels empty. But I want to implore you today. I want to implore you today. I believe this is what God is saying to us this morning. Pursue him again. Pursue him again. Well, I need God to come down and show me that he's real. Yeah, I get that. But in actual fact, he has done everything that he can do. He has ripped the divide in half. And because of Jesus, we can have relationship with him. But you see, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says, For we live by faith, not by sight. And in order for us to draw near to God, to pursue Him, it's a journey of faith. It's a journey of faith. One that at first may seem real weird or awkward or strange. Like a first date. Like a first date can be so awkward and so, oh my goodness. But we've just got to take those steps. Those steps in pursuit of him. His arms are open wide. His heart is open. And like the father that Dan so powerfully talked about this morning, like the father waiting on his doorstep, he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come over the hill. Because when we start making our way towards him, he runs toward us. He runs toward us. He throws his arms around us because of his goodness, because of who he is, because of his love, because of his mercy. Not because of anything you've done or anything that you've said. I want the creative team to come back this morning. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, in the message translation. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Is that you this morning? Are you tired? Are you worn out? 
Are you burned out on religion? Burnt out on having to go through the motions, this feeling like I'm going through the motions. Burnt out on religion. Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. One of the biggest challenges that I've faced in my relationship with Jesus is the perception of what spending time with Him looks like. I had it in my mind that if I didn't sit down, if I didn't read my Bible, if I didn't write out some of what I read or something into my book, and then if I didn't spend some time praying, that that didn't count as walking with God. I have some minor OCD tendencies. Minor. The minor is the key word. Some minor OCD tendencies. And I would get my book and I'd sit down and I would write what I felt God said to me today. And then the next day I would do it again. But then on day three, for whatever reason, I would forget or I would just be too busy doing other stuff and I think oh, I've got to start all over again I'd rip the pages out of my book or I'd go and get a new book and I'd start again thinking it was based on my consistency and how well I could do it and if I missed a day I had to start again it was like a prison that kept me bound. Around this meaning of having a quiet time and having time with God. But you see that passage in Matthew 11 there. It says, find the unforced rhythms of grace. Your relationship with Jesus doesn't have to look like mine. And my relationship with Jesus doesn't have to look like yours. For some of us, maybe going for a walk and connecting with God just as we're walking, pouring our heart out before Him. Maybe that's how you do it. Maybe you, you are a journaler. Maybe you write. Maybe you like to write down the things that you're experiencing and feeling. And Maybe you're one of those people that like to draw all through your Bible. My OCD tendency tells me, no, you don't draw in your Bible. But maybe that's how you do it. Maybe your relationship with God is you, you go to the beach or you go to the lake 
Maybe you get out in the middle of a paddock. Maybe it's you put on some worship music and you sit and you just bathe in the presence of God. Maybe for some of us, as we go and we spend some time with God today or tomorrow or later in the week or next week, our first thing needs to be, God, this is so hard. All He asks of us in our relationship and our pursuit of Him is that we be real. God can't bless who we pretend to be. He can only work with who we really are. And maybe for some of us, we need to drop that facade and drop that mask. God wants to show you the unforced rhythms of grace for His relationship with you, whatever that may look like. I was listening to a message this week by a preacher, favorite preacher, Stephen Furtick. And um, he said this most profound thing. He said, maybe your problem is not that you're stuck. Maybe your problem is that you stopped. And I want to implore us this morning. I feel God just wants us to, to know Let's pursue Him again. Let's pursue Him just to know Him. Just to spend time with Him. Just to get to know Him. At first, it may seem awkward. It may seem strange. It may seem weird. Maybe it's going to feel very uncomfortable. But let's find that rhythm in our relationship with God. Because we can pursue Him only because... He first pursued us. Would you close your eyes and bow your head this morning? Father, I've shared what I feel was on your heart for this morning. The desire in your heart to be known by your people. God, I thank you that you have made it possible for us to pursue you because you first pursued us. Father, I thank you that in Jeremiah 29, your promise is you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. Father, I thank you that that is a promise in your word that we will seek you and we will find you when we seek you with all of our hearts. Your word says that we will, that you will be found by us. Father, I thank you that you're not some God who likes to play hide and seek with us. You're not some God that wants to dangle a carrot in front of us and we finally get close enough and you drag it away and you change the goalpost. But God, your desire is that your people would find you. Your people would know you. Father, I pray for every single person in this building this morning. Father, I pray for every single person who may even be listening to this message during the week. Father, I pray 
that you would arrest our attention like never before. Father, I pray, God, that we would pursue you, chase you like we have never pursued you before, not with a desire to get an answer to prayer, not with a desire to, to, to get from you, but simply that we would know you, that we would know you. Your desire is to be known. Father, for every person who is battling shame, for every person who is battling this sense of unworthiness, Father, I pray for that you would pour out a revelation of your love, of your grace and your mercy into each, each heart. Father, I pray that you would break the chains of condemnation. You would break the chains of shame, that you would crack it open. I thank you that what you did on the cross was enough. It was enough. That Father, you are not repulsed by us. You're not repulsed by us. You are not disgusted by us. But your heart is for us. Father, as every person opens the word, as they even take a few moments to lean in and pray, to take that first step again. to start again, to walk with you, to spend time with you, whatever that may look like as people even this week begin to go for a walk, just to, just to spend time with you. I thank you that another promise in your word says that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Father, I pray you would meet each one. That that fire would stir within each heart. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus. Maybe the picture in your mind was God's not interested in me. God hates me. Maybe a picture of God is that He's some irrelevant, distant being that's sitting on a chair with this really long beard and this really big stick that He likes to hit people with. Maybe that's your image of God. But let me tell you this morning, the God that we've been talking about this morning has an unfailing love toward you. He loves you so passionately and relentlessly. A love that will never ever be extinguished. A love that will never ever be taken away. If that's you this morning and you want to start a relationship with God, a journey with God, or maybe you're here this morning and you've walked with God before, but for whatever reason you've walked away. Let me tell you this morning that the Father is standing, waiting and watching. He's waiting to see you come over that mountain. There's love in His eyes. He's not disappointed in you. He's not angry with you. But He's longing to pour out His love upon you again. 
He's the God of the second chance. He's the God of the third chance. He's the God of the thousandth chance. Maybe that's you this morning. If you're wanting to start a relationship with Jesus, take that first step or you want to run back into His arms again. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed. We invite you just to raise your hand. There's no one watching. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand as well. Two beautiful ladies this morning. Is there someone else this morning? Is there someone else this morning who wants to take that step? Open their heart up to Jesus. your love and your mercy. Fantastic. We're just going to take a moment and we're going to pray together. We're going to pray with these two ladies. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come out the front. together. We're just going to pray this prayer. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you love me and that you are not repulsed by me. You don't push me away, but you tell me to come. Right now, I come to you just as I am. I ask you to forgive me of my sin wash me clean I thank you that because of what you did on the cross I stand clean and right before God not based on anything I have done but because of what you have done in Jesus name Amen I just want to pray Father I thank you for these two ladies who have responded to you this morning. Father, I thank you for what you are already doing in their heart. Father, I pray that you would surround them with your presence. Father, I pray that they would know you, that they would know how real you are. I thank you that your word says that you are an ever-present help in time of trouble and that nothing can ever separate us from you as they begin this journey. Pray that you would become so real to them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Pursue him.